0: You're listening to Body of Work, and I'm Hannah Mooney, here to bring you stories of movers and shakers in the sports, fitness, health, and food industries who are known for their bodies. Each episode is a chance to dive into the backgrounds of my guests to discuss how their views on their bodies, athleticism, self-esteem, and more have shaped the person they are today. Many of these stories are those of success, but we don't only focus on the bodies they have. More importantly, we focus on what made them. What was the work it took to get there? And what was the mindset to stay great? Motivation matters most. And so what motivates the people we admire most to stick with the things that make them great? Well, find out here. None of my guests just have a body. They put in the work for all of it. Hey, welcome back. I've got David Magida with us today. David, how's it going?
1: It's going well. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem. So for anyone that hasn't heard of David, he is the founder of Elevate Interval Fitness in Washington, D.C., which is where I'm from. Currently quarantined in Florida, but if I could get back to an Elevate class in like two seconds, I would because it's the best. Um, He's also the host of Spartan Race on ESPN and was one of the founding members of the Spartan Race Pro Team. Um, And finally, he's actually the author of his own book, Obstacle Race Training, so you should definitely go online and buy that. But, David, it's so awesome to have you with me today. I know we're stuck in quarantine, so this is an apt time for us to be talking, especially in light of the race that you just ran last Saturday. So can you tell Uh, me a little bit about what that was?
1: Sure, yeah. Um, I have taken this quarantine opportunity to um, just – start getting back into running a lot. Again, I, I had not that I wasn't running, but I wasn't training really at a high volume, uh, lately. Um, probably for the last year, I'd really only been running like, you know, like 20, 25 miles a week, because I'd been doing a lot of my workouts indoors, a lot of strength, a lot of stuff on the treadmill in studio, hit workouts, things like that. And, um, you know, I, when, when basically all studios got closed, um, I pivoted our elevate program to a digital program, um, elevate at home, all online hit body weight workouts, things like that. And I'm telling people, I'm telling all of our members, Hey, do these workouts. They're really effective. And when you're not doing them, I want you to do these yoga workouts I'm giving you. And I want you to run. And so I figured it would be unfair for me to continue to go into elevate and lift weights and do all this stuff that my members couldn't do. So since the, let's call it quarantine, stay at home order began. Um, and since the closure of businesses began, um, I've only been doing our elevated home workouts and live online workouts and running a ton. And I'm running, you know, I started running six, five, six weeks ago. I started running, you know, 55, 60, 65, 70 miles a week just to get my mileage back up. I said, what a great time to focus on my aerobic base and, and get back into running the way I've missed doing for the last few years. And um, yeah, my buddy was, we were running the other day and uh, he's a very talented ultramarathoner and he turned to me and said, Hey, are you going to run this ultra virus 12 hour race? and i said i'd heard of it but i I wasn't sure i wanted to do it or not it's a virtual race the idea is 12 hours and it's five mile laps any five mile loop you want you get as many as you can in 12 hours and whoever gets the most in the least amount of time if it comes to, to comparing times is the winner and um it's a virtual race so basically when you finish a lap you log your time you take a picture of your watch you send it into the race officials they verify it and you start your next lap. So there's a little bit of a break between each lap, but not much. And so, Mark, my friend, and I, uh, we planned for me to just pace him. He was trying to win this race. And I said, He said, How far can you, do you think you would, you would want to run with me? And I said, I said, How far can I, or how far am I willing to? <laughs> I think was what I asked him. And he said, you know, what do you want to do with me? And I said, I think over the course of the day, I might run like 35 miles with you. I'll help you through that. And he said, uh, yeah, I'll take that. And he said, please. So I started thinking about it, and I, this is a day and a half before the race. I've been training all week. I've been lift, I've been um, I've been running. I've been doing these hit workouts. I'm kind of sore, but um, I said, you know what? If I'm gonna do this, I might as well get credit for it. So I, so I signed up for the race. And uh, we had 400 participants or so. so. You know, a lot of people from the from the running world, trail running, ultra marathoning, obstacle racers. Um, actually, fairly competitive field at the top end. And um, yeah, so I I went to Mark's place. We used his garage as a pit, so to speak. So we set two lawn chairs in there and a table with all of our supplies. Our are hammer nutrition products, like endurance formulas, like HEED and, um, and um, gosh, I always forget what the other one is called, uh, Perpetuum. And, uh, you know, you have your goos there and then like solid foods, cause you're in for a long day. So things like uh, chicken noodle soup, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and orange slices and pop tarts and whatever else you really think you, you know, Coca-Cola's like whatever else you might cram into your body every time you come into the pit. And, um, basically we just, we just went to work and we ran, we set a plan, which was, you know, we're going to come out of the gates running about seven, ten miles, seven, fifteen, somewhere in that realm. And we're just going to hold that pace. And Mark's plan was to hold it all day. Um, I went about every lap we checked in and after the sixth lap, I was like, I'm still feeling this. I'm, I'm, I'm in it. So we just, we kept just going out and doing more laps. And on the seventh lap, I, uh, Started to have my IT bands lock up a little bit. I kind of hit the wall, and um, so I, I let him go. So I released him. Mark, Mark took off, kept holding his pace, and um, I finished up my lap. Went back in, massaged out my IT bands, and now I'm 35 miles into the race, and it's been um, five hours, I think, at that point of just straight running. And uh, you know, you come in, you you slam down half a chicken noodle soup and take a bite of your sandwich or two and try and get some real solid food in you. And then you're back out and you're sipping your perpetuum the whole time you're running and just kind of constantly consuming, consuming, consuming. Uh, we had, we had um, three different routes that we were running. One was a, a straight out and back. That was our fastest route, but was um, really nasty headwinds on the way back. So I was kind of dodged that one route that was kind of looping through a bunch of gravel fields and, and trails and, um, I liked that route, but very exposed to the wind, and then one route that was kind of tucked back running through like neighborhoods and stuff. And I used that when during the windiest portions of the day because Saturday was actually incredibly windy. Um, and uh, once Mark and I were separated, i I pretty much focused on just, you know, making progress, trying to get through my loops of five miles of running and my recovery in about fifty two minutes or so, doing both. so, it was, it was about 40, was 43 minutes of a lap at that point after that kind of slowed pace. And then, um, I'd come in, I'd, I'd roll out the legs really fast. I'd log my times. I, I'd, I'd change out my, I'd fill up my water bottle again and then change, you know, take a bite of food and be back out the door and run it again and again and again and again. And, again. and I got to 70 miles before I hit the about 11 and a half hour mark on this event, um, and, you know, you, you have to have everything logged before the 12 hour mark. So there was no time to go out for another lap, but, uh, I actually felt great. I was, I was ready to go out and keep going. I, mean, I can't say I wanted to keep going, but I was prepared to keep going. Um, my, my goal had initially for the day been, you know, 35 miles. And then I, I was just like, okay, I'll actually, I'll do 50. And then it was okay. I'll do 60. And then when 70 became an option, I just kind of went for it, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm, surprised i I bounced back the way i did from this thing but i think it's a testament to all the strength training that i do that is so different than what a traditional runner does and and ultra the big thing is like you're not going so fast that it's just purely like aerobic threshold you're running um more of a strength and grit race and then it's just a lot of like muscular breakdown and uh, my body is just very used to that muscular breakdown because of all the strength training i do so um I'm I'm faring very well compared to a few of my friends who ran that race. Um, um Mark for the record, he he finished second overall. Uh unbelievable effort from him. Um he he was going to just settle for 80 miles, but he went out for one more shot and finished his 85th mile with 30 seconds left in that race. It was incredible. Uh I got 70 and I, I almost had time to go out for 75. Um And uh, I finished ninth place overall in this event. Um, But I'm I'm really happy that I'm I'm, I'm back and going and ready to kind of see what the next adventure is.
0: That's so legit. I mean, hearing about that, that was kind of something that for anyone listening, I mean, I've known David now since 2015 was when I started going to Elevate. It was like three months after you guys opened. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, running is a huge part of the elevate workout too. So like, as you're explaining elevate at home right now during quarantine, it's really interesting. You know, you, you have the at home workouts and then you're encouraging folks to recover and also do like active recovery through yoga and, you know, making sure that they get their miles in. And that's such a huge part of the training and a comment that you made earlier about how, like the way that you train actually made, what you did in the ultra virus race possible. Can you just talk a little bit more about that? Like how did you set up your training and the programming to elevate so that, you know, people who aren't you who don't go out for ultra virus races, like can sustain prolonged levels of running, even though they have like a very, very strong, you know, strength base Um, like how do you keep those two and let them live kind of in the same arena and still be good at both?
1: Um, well, I think people have to understand that, that running is recruiting a very different, uh, system, energy system. And, you know, when you, if you're just, if you're just clanging and banging with barbells, like it's awesome. You are, you are doing a lot to strengthen your heart because you're putting the body under a lot of duress. But you aren't really challenging the the muscles and the legs in the same way because you're not testing your aerobic threshold and um, and your lactate threshold and these are things that are what kind of define you as a runner and and make you a better runner um, and so it's important for the body to have balance and and I'm a huge believer that like a lot of people overlift weights they lift too frequently they lift too too much of they put too much of a priority on their lifts and they lift too heavy and you can lift you can be strong but you don't need to like get under a bench and bench press 350 like you know you can be strong but a runner doesn't really need to be able to like squat 350 either like that's not like a a thing that matters but can I get under two 60 pound dumbbells And just rep sets of 20 squats, like that's awesome for runners because that builds crazy resiliency in your legs while also building um, power and strength and and endurance. And, And for a runner, power is more important than explosiveness. Explosiveness is the ability to like one rep, two rep, three rep, something extremely heavy. That has almost, almost no relevance for a runner, except that it can raise the overall maximal ability of of your of your strength. And then as a result, should help pull up the strength of uh, like the the weight levels that you can lift for like longer periods of time, moving weight over time. Um, Elevate is, is more focused on like hip training. So a lot of body weight, dumbbells, kettlebells super setting. When we do our strength workouts, our breakthrough strength is a lot of massive muscular breakdown by having pretty heavy weights, but super setting, focus more on like German volume training, things like that to get the same kind of results as, as heavy weights, but also boosting endurance and, and building up a lot of lactic acid in the muscles too. Um, our HIIT workouts are a combination of strength and then also running, rowing, air bike, the run work that we do, we do either runs at, at aerobic or lactate threshold, or we're doing runs like, like speed work, um, or we're doing some runs that are a lot of like hill work, um, building like a lot of strength in the posterior chain. And uh, we're working on, uh, on uh, turnover. We're working on a lot of those elements that you're not getting by just going out for a run outside which is why I've always encouraged people like you got to keep running outside. You need to find a way to to get out there a few days a week because there's no good replacement for pure aerobic threshold training three to four days a week. And so you should just be like stacking that on top of your your actual workouts.
0: Yeah. And I mean, everything that you just said makes perfect sense. And I'm, you know, I'm having like PTSD from going through class of being like, Oh my gosh, this is like this is programmed mm-hmm. precisely to accomplish this particular thing and like every day has like a a purpose, which is why I think it's so critical to like overall, you know, the design of the fitness program is so focused on like at least from the beginning it was designed to help get athletes to a place to where they could participate in Spartan races, right?
1: Yes, that was that was big for us. Um <clears throat> when we opened, um I was running Uh, as a member of the Reebok Spartan Race Pro Team. And so I was very invested in training athletes specifically for that. And so we kind of took my training and bottled it. So a lot of the work that we're doing is teaching people to go from aerobic work to activating their anaerobic system by putting the muscles under weighted load and then going right back to running. And I don't mean like the way some of these boutique studios have you do like six minutes here and then you're in the strength area for six minutes. I mean like you've got weights behind your treadmill and you're back and forth and those exchanges are 30 seconds long and you're hitting your next rep. And um, we really raised the bar when we added our breakthrough program because now you have an hour of purely designated strength work and an hour of purely designated endurance work where we typically – design the workouts to feel kind of like an hour long race in that uh, it starts very aerobic, which is like, if you were to start a running race, that's a good hour long in the beginning. The first thing that you feel is your lungs. <sighs> you feel your lungs, your heart start to activate. They get very challenged. Um, and the runs are a bit longer there to start the workout. And then as we move in through that workout, um, the next thing that we tend to add are either um, hill work, or lactic threshold work. And the objective there is like the next thing that happens during your race, first it's your lungs that start to burn. Then it's your legs that start to burn. As you start to feel that sensation, the lactic acid buildup, the fatigue that starts to set in with your legs. Then in a race, you would start to begin your kick. Um, and which is why then we do power and speed work towards the end of that workout, because okay, I'm wrecked, but I'm still going to take it up another notch and really bring it home strong. Um, So the endurance workouts have been a real game changer for a lot of our runners. We're seeing people, you know, taking, you know, 10, 15 minutes off their marathons, even off their half marathons. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, all, all the feedback that I've seen from adding that to your programming has been just watching people's race times, just like you're talking 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes coming yeah. off their races, which I think is fascinating. And so because I'm kind of going backwards here from like, you know, a couple days ago to, you know, the start of Elevate and what the purpose of it was. And at the time you were part of the Spartan pro team and yeah. they added you to that team from what I understand because of the work that you had done, like coming out of college, right. And the way that you had trained. So can you talk to me a little bit about like, you know, when you started running, how it really kind of peaked in, in college and you know, how that worked and then coming out of college, really, how did you find your way to the Spartan protein and kind of, what is the, what's the tweet size version of that story?
1: Yeah. Um, they've kind of always been a runner. I, I was a soccer player when I was a, a kid and I loved it. And, um, I was, I was, fiercely competitive with like everything that I did, like almost to the point that I was like intolerable. Um, And uh, yeah, I know it's crazy. Um, And I just, um, I had like this fire in me. And I remember um, at the end of a soccer game, my coach, he turned to the team and he was like, hey, there's this race this weekend, it's a mile. Um, And he's like naming people by name. He's like, hey, Chris, you're pretty fast. You should run this race. And he didn't name me. And I was like, what, what? What? I was like, what the hell? What about me? So I showed up to the race, and it was a mile, and it was um, fourth graders through eighth graders, and I was in fourth grade, and I just came out of the gates hot, sprinting, and I ran away with this race. And um, I remember my dad turning to me afterwards, and he's like, We got to get you into cross country. So the next year, I went back to the same race, and I ran instead of running the kids race, I ran the adult race. I ran a 5K, and they didn't um, they they didn't have like an award for kids. They just gave, called me first kid. They didn't know what to do. And I was my dad was like, okay, this is this is real. Um, so he kind of hyped up this cross country thing to me for like the next year. Like this is your thing. This is your thing. And I got to middle school. And there was no one on the middle school cross country team. It didn't exist. So I founded it at my school. I was the only runner myself and a coach would go and travel to the middle school races. And I trained with the varsity team from sixth grade because I went to a school that was uh, six through 12. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was training with them, but I wasn't allowed to compete. I could run at the uh, varsity races and I did, but I couldn't, I couldn't score or I lose eligibility. So um, I ran uh, JV, I won a JV championship as a seventh grader and a JV championship as an eighth grader and then I got into uh, high school and I finally got a run with the high school kids like I like can score and I went, um, I went all conference four years in a row in cross country and uh, won the conference championship my senior year and went off to uh, college to run, super excited to run, struggled through injuries and clashes with coaches and um, over and and just it didn't work and I ended up quitting running completely and uh, didn't didn't really train for like five years and then um, just you know I was working out playing flag football basketball lifting weights things like that and you know I was a certified trainer and I so you know I know how to work out but I wasn't running I wasn't in love with it and um, I ran uh one race my senior year of college um against some guys in the cross-country team and i actually beat them all and i was like i need to get back into running and uh i started just running like light and easy and i saw this thing when i was in grad school called spartan race and it was um i saw an ad on facebook and it was like it was like this crazy event that was like combining like all these cool strength elements with running and I was like, this is like perfect for me military style obstacles and strength and then the grid of running. So I, I signed up when I ran into military division, students in military division, because it was cheaper. And it was uh, Miami. It was like February, but it was noon. So, you know, it was like 88 degrees. And I went out and it was the longest run I had run in five years. It was like eight miles. And, uh, I won the heat. I died in the process. I, I like ne- nearly passed out at the finish, and I like was like, man, this is what I've been missing in my life. This is that like hole in my life, this this void I've needed. And I uh, I went back and just immediately the next day started running every day. Ran and uh, made friends with a local marathon legend down there. This woman, Stacey Albuquerque, who uh, I had won the Miami marathon before she, she's like a monster, but she was like, you know, early forties. Uh, she kind of mentored me and, um, got me believing in running again and, and really excited about it. And, um, I tried to help her qualify for Olympic trials at the Miami marathon for, it would have been her fourth time. And, um, I blew up and she missed it. And then my heart was broken by running. And that's when I kind of fell back into Spartan race again. Like they showed up again. I had just come off of all this marathon training and, uh, I just kind of decided like I needed this something exciting and different. I had this great aerobic base and, um, next thing I know I'm just winning races all over the place and Spartan race comes to me and they're like, we're, we're trying to launch this pro roster. The objective is to send you guys around the country to just win races and rile people up and have people challenge you. And, um, yeah. So I, I was doing that on the weekends, working during the weekdays and then on the weekends flying all over the country. I'd be in Seattle or Las Vegas or uh, Chicago or New York or down in Florida or in Georgia and, or in Texas. Like I was all over the place running races and um, it was amazing, amazing experience. Um, and that kind of led to me getting this big following of people that wanted to train for this stuff. And the next thing I knew, I was leading outdoor classes with like 50, 60 people, and then I was like, I, I need to change careers, so I quit my job and I, uh, I opened up Elevate, and yeah, now we've got two locations, and it's been a crazy, wild ride. It's 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 still particularly crazy now, I would say, given uh, the the situation with small business, but we're we're hanging in there. Our people are extremely loyal and incredible, and we're doing digital programming to kind of keep things going. And uh, so I do want to tell everybody about that and how they can get involved in our digital programming because it's awesome.
0: Yeah, and I'll you know for anyone listening to this, you can swipe and see what that digital program is. I'm adding that as a, a link, in the notes of the episode, and you'll be able to find that information there. But that that story, I know I've heard that before because I've you know, I've known you for so long, but this is, For anyone that doesn't know my background or this is the first episode that they've listened to, David Magida is the guy that taught me to be tough. So if it was getting over the mic and being like, Mooney, I see how slow you're going in front of 30 people. (laughs) And
1: that sounds like me.
0: (laughs) Nope. You're still slow. That's still slow. I don't see why you're not going any faster. And, you know, that was I'd never had anyone talk to me like that and it it is kind of amazing I don't I don't necessarily think it's unique to just elevate I think it's the way that you coach and it's also your mindset which is why I think it's so cool that you you know agreed to come and talk to me just from the standpoint that it is very much like the mindset that you have and like it's built into the fabric of your business and it obviously is built into the fabric of your training like in your personal life um but just... And I don't
1: want people to think that I, I go on the mic and just put people on blast. I mean, I do that. I totally do that. But um, I do it in a way like I, I believe in building rapport with people and understanding, like figuring out like what makes them tick and like what what kind of fire do they have inside and then, and then really picking at that to get the best out of people. Um, so if you need to be challenged, like Hannah needs to be challenged, right? Then, then I will challenge you. I will question your effort. I will never question your ability, but I will question your effort. Um, and some people need a, a, a kick in the ass and some people need a hug and some people need a high five, you know?
0: Well, and I think that that's, you know, ultimately that's what I was getting to is like, I'd never had someone look at me and know exactly what I needed to keep going, which is exactly that. I know that getting on the mic to somebody else would be crippling and they would never walk foot in that studio again. And, but for me, I was like, yo, I'm into that. Even though it made me, I mean, I was pissed and I'd be like, are you kidding me right now? And I'd add two or three points and it would be like, I was flying because that was the only way that I could like feel like, okay, if, someone's on a mic telling me to go faster is there ever going to be a point where I've got that voice in my own head where I don't need someone to get on a mic and that's where I'm at now and that's like a very that took years and I think what you're talking about you've been doing this for since you were in grade school so like that competitiveness I think what's most interesting to me and what I think people would love to hear is like where do you think that that mindset came from and like, how did you cultivate that? And how is that something that you keep cultivating? Cause it's not just lifting weights or getting the miles in like, that's something that mental toughness is like something you build too. So how do you do that?
1: Um, I mean, listen, it's, it's, some of this is innate and some of this can be taught. And, um, for me, I, I get a lot of satisfaction out of seeing people exceed, their perceived limitations. And so I'm not shy about questioning someone's effort. I'm not shy about pushing someone beyond. And I always remember what speed you've run at before, what weights you've lifted before. I always remember, I can spot it from across the room, your effort level based on your form, your technique, your facial expressions, how red your face is, how hard you're breathing. I can tell. Exactly. Are you giving me 70%, 80%, 100%? I know instantly. And that is, I think, part of the special sauce. It's part of the reason that we are popular as a studio. It's probably one of our limiting factors as to how we won't become like a big like national thing, because um, there there's the type of person that wants to be pushed because they're a results-driven and results-oriented person. Like they have goals, they like being challenged. And the average person does not enjoy being challenged that much. Um, if For me, naturally, if you challenge me, if you tell me I can't do something, I'll run through a wall to prove to you that I can. Uh, I've kind of always had this fire in me. And I, I've actually tried really hard throughout my life to scale that fire back. Um, When I was a kid, it came out as like almost like rage sometimes. And I needed to um, really just kind of ran it in and channel it. And I channeled it into running. And um, I think it's, it's odd because running is supposed to be this calm thing, but I ran with like a lot of like ego and like passion and, and anger and um and almost like this like you know if i was running up a big mountain i would literally be like fuck you mountain like you cannot break me like i'd be like angry like talking to myself or talking to the mountain um and i you have like a lot of like internal dialogue in there and and and, and like just like just like finding ways to kind of walk yourself into different mantras that, that carry you through like extreme levels of pain. And, and then you feel the pain push back at you and then it just makes you more angry. So you push back at the pain and you ratchet it up again. And it's like, it's like almost nonsensical, but, but when you find the um, I guess I call it almost like the joy in the process of like, resisting the pain that's resisting your best efforts and overcoming it it's it's really something special um it's more rewarding than really anything else like I don't need someone to tell me I did a great job I know whether or not I did a great job I could finish a race and and I ran a decent time but not my best and I you could tell me wow that's really fast and I'd be like eh, you know like I'm not happy with it I don't care what you think and it's kind of always just been my thing in there But at the same time, if I'm doing a workout and I'm slacking a little bit and you come up to me and you tell me, really, is that all you're going to do today? Was it, rest day? You know, like I am going to get heated. I'm going to ratchet that tempo up. Um, I really like sharing that with other people. What I liked about that 12-hour race was – There was a limit that I did hit where, like, I just started kind of cramping up a little bit if I'd go too fast and I'd have to pull back, Um, but never did it cross my mind that I was going to stop. Like, I just kind of got back into that, like, primal, like, screw this. I'm going. I'm doing another. Like, I don't care. I'm going out for another lap. You know, 14 laps, 14 times having to say, I'm going to do another. And um, I think it was a really cool experience because never did I contemplate stopping, like, at any point, but I did... But it was, but it did take like a a Herculean effort each time to be like, all right, let's get up, get up and go like, get up, get moving. It's, it's very hard when you've, when you've run that far and your hip flexors aren't really trying to, you know, respond the way they normally do and things are cramping up. And, um, but to do that 14 times is, it, it kind of taught me a lot about myself, I think made me realize like. I, I guess something I've always known, which is like, I can't really be stopped. Like if like nothing that you put in front of me is going to be like too much for me, you know, that was a reminder to me that like you cannot make me quit. Like I'll quit when I'm good and ready. But I, I'm, if I said, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. It's just, it's, that's what it is. My mind is just too strong.
0: I fucking love that. That is so, I, I want to be like, okay, cool. We're done. Stop recording. I'm going to go fucking run 10 miles right now. Um, <laughs> but so talk to me, if this is, if that's what you just did, and I know that you were moving into like a foray of ultra running, like you wanted to get into that. So if I understood you correctly, as we were like prepping for this, you've got like three pretty distinct races coming up. Like if the world reopens,
1: so I have a lot of distinct races.
0: You, yeah, you do. So the New York city marathon is on the docket, right? In November.
1: Yes. Yeah, that that was my that was gonna be my A race for the year. That was that was the plan, and so I started pushing hard for that about not even two months ago.
0: Okay, and then the JFK 50 miler, which is also in November, right? Yeah,
1: about three weeks later. Um, I'm I'm very excited because my friend Mark, who I ran with for the first 32 miles on Saturday, he finished eighth there this past year at the JFK 50 miler, and uh, we. I, I think I can run that speed that I just that I just ran over the weekend um, for the first 32. I think I can do that for 50 next weekend if I had to. So I am um, pretty excited about that.
0: You know, t- so let's do this. If you're if you're running the New York City Marathon, are you comfortable telling me your time? Because you know that's like the kiss of death by doing that, but. Why-
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm comfortable. Um, uh, my my goal is um, sub two forty, uh, maybe even like two thirty eight. Uh, a a two forty marathon is six oh six per mile. So I'd love to average six flat, or five fifty nine would feel like really special to be like I ran a marathon at sub six pace the whole time. Like, and I know like now I I'm marked for death. Like I have to perform, uh, but but I think it's, it's doable. Like the, the, the progressions that I've been making in my running um, have been really powerful. And I think, I feel like I came out of this thing this weekend, like kind of a changed person perspective wise, so much stronger mentally and physically um, and just have the ability to just kind of zone out and go like I didn't before, like at another level than I had before, which is really crazy. Um, So I think 240. Um, is very feasible, and then once I do that, I think I'll, I'll set my my goal to the next one. I don't know what that'll be yet, but it'll be faster.
0: Well, I will most definitely be following along with that because that's that's pretty crazy um, that that would be your goal. Is this this isn't actually to be fair? Is this your first marathon? Like true on the record?
1: No, no, I've I've run two. Um, I did one as like out of a training thing to lead up to my, to the one, to my second one. Um, I did the Raleigh city evokes marathon. as my first marathon and I I did okay. I qualified for Boston, but I I didn't, I was on pace to go, you know, two fifty seven or something. I think at the 18 mile marker, even at like 20, I was still on pace and I, uh, exploded at mile 21 in that race. I was inexperienced. I didn't fuel correctly, but it was ugly. Um, and then I ran a second marathon aiming to run 246 and uh, hit a wall at mile 18 really early and ended up limping in at like 310 or something. Like I barely finished. I was cramping up a storm. Um, so like that is always a risk with marathons. I think because you're running – they're they're so long, but they're, so, they're short enough that you're running right on your edge of um, like – really high aerobic threshold and lactic threshold. So you're, uh, you could like cramp at any moment because if you're running them at maximum capacity to get your absolute best time, it's a high risk, high reward race, you know? Um, So you may or may not get it. So I'm trying to put in the volume now to ensure that when the New York city marathon comes, I have um, a little more room for error.
0: That makes perfect sense. I mean, looking at the fact that we're in the middle of April right now, and you're looking forward to what, like five months from now?
1: You know, run speed, a lot of like progression runs. Um, I'll start to throw some tempo runs in soon. Right now I'm, I'm starting to get, I'm doing runs where I'm sandwiching Um, you know, some two, three, four mile progressions at marathon goal pace, things like that into them to just kind of get familiar with that speed. But it's a whole nother ball game to hold that speed for, you know, 26 miles. What's amazing about running is you don't have to train super fast to improve your thresholds. You can actually do most of your mileage pretty reasonably paced and um, and then, you know, once a week run faster and improve dramatically.
0: Yeah, it's all about getting the time in. I mean, I'm brand new. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here having a conversation with someone who's shooting for a 240 marathon and I finished, you know, three hours after that. Cause my goal was to just fucking finish. Um and, you know, now I go out for runs now and I'm running, you know, in the eights. Like I would have never run in the eights. I could never run in the eights. That was like, that was something where I was always slow. And now it's like I shaved, you know, two minutes off my regular, like just go out for a regular run pace. And like running's weird. Like the science behind it is a total trip. And what you just described is super accurate. And it's just really exciting to, I mean, to be talking to someone who, you know, if, if, if I didn't know you. Um, I would be like, you know, that guy, that's an athlete. That's like someone who I know in real life that I've interacted with in real life, who when I think about an athlete, that's what I think of. So this has been really cool to talk to you. Um, and I hope for everybody listening that, you know, you follow along, whether it's doing an elevated home. If you're ever in Washington, DC, they're in Southwest, um, or they're on 14th street in Northwest DC. Um, both great studios, solid community, just really good programming. Um, on top of that, if you ever just need a random book to read, because there's, you know, nothing to do right now, except be in quarantine and work, you can always read the obstacle race training book that he wrote. Um, the
1: essentials of obstacle race training. Check that out.
0: Yeah. Check it out. Um, all of this will be linked to in the show notes. So feel free to check that out. But David, is there anywhere if people want to follow along, um, is there anywhere where they can either follow you or elevate?
1: Yes. You can follow me at David McGeer is my Instagram. Um, I don't really use a ton of other social media, but I, I will post on Instagram occasionally. Um, and you can follow at train at elevate. Um, that is our handle for the business for the studio. Um, and also, you know, I would say visit train at elevate.com or elevate They both go to the same place mm-hmm. and there you can sign up for our elevate at home programming. It's daily workouts delivered in your inbox, seven hit workouts a week right now, plus two yoga workouts, a yin, which is more restorative and a vinyasa flow, which is a bit more strength and mobility my joints are strong the muscles around them are strong. So, so, you know, keep training like that.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. You know, best of luck in the races that you're running and can't wait to see what you do when you get back to a hundred percent after this ultra virus deal. Yeah.
1: Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. It's just fun.